Well, hello everyone. This morning we had a sales meeting at the Pleasantburg office at 9 a.m. and another one at Greer at 11 a.m. and wanted to run through uh, all the slides with you, explain what we talked about in sales meeting for those of you that were not able to make it to this morning's sales meetings in person. So here we go. Let's get started. Very first thing I want to show you is I always do a specialized quote. And I really like this one because it's so cool. It's almost like an oxymoron, but it simply says from Margaret Mead, always remember that you are absolutely unique, just like everyone else. And the reason why I put this in here for real estate is because we as agents have a tendency to consistently compare ourselves to other people, whether or not it's the brand new agent comparing themselves to another brand new agent and they look at somebody and they see them doing things and they see them getting their first listings, their first buyer clients and they're closing. And that can create some envy that can create some jealousy, but just remember you're unique. You do you better than you better than anybody. Just be yourself. You're absolutely unique. And just like everybody else is absolutely unique. So, um, just keep that in mind. Um, Stop comparing yourselves to everybody else. Just do you better than anybody can. We had some mortgage messages from Jim Coley in Georgia, and one of the a few things that they were discussing was if you go to www.ansi, um, appraisals and the way that square footage is calculated is going to start going through a standardization method. And so this is going to go into play very soon where all houses under appraisal should be standardized the way they, they're being measured so that there's not such a difference in square foot range. So he was letting us know that interest rates are in fact going up. Um, and with that being said, you will notice or your buyers will notice that just a small percentage can create a huge difference in a, in a monthly payment. Also, what's getting ready to happen is for those that are lending on a second home, it's actually going to cost more. The the uh, percentages of the interest rate are going to be higher on those secondary homes. And you'll start seeing that in the next few months. Our Greer top producers are Catherine Hansen, Stephanie Miller, and Jill Chapman. So congratulations to all them. All three of them had a great month. Our Pleasantburg top producers are Amanda Bentley, Melissa Morell, and Michelle Peterson. Congratulations to all three of them. Our top teams for Pleasantburg, the Spalding Group, the Chet and Beth Smith Group, and the Kagi team. So congratulations, everyone, for a great January. So as far as all the multiple offers that you're getting on your properties, take a look here and check out this video. Hey, guys, it's Gary. Big question I constantly get these days. Multiple offers coming in, offer rejection forms. How in the world do we handle that? Do I have to really send an offer rejection form on every one of these multiple offers? So let's take the scenario... 30 offers comes in on your house. That's not unheard of, unfortunately, in these market conditions we're in right now. But 30 offers come in. Your client has decided to accept offer number one without even countering it. The other 29 offers are going to reject. They don't even want to counter offer them. So what do you do? Well, in the, uh, the way the law is written, basically your buyers who make the offer have or should be expecting one of three things. One, they should either get a signed contract, which is what your first offer is getting, they should get a counter offer, which no one's getting, or they should get the offer rejection form. So that tells us that 29 
of these offers are going to have to get this offer rejection form. So what offer rejection form do we have to use? I have seen a lot of agents in our industry are sending emails out saying, hey, rejecting your offer without counter. That is not acceptable. The law requires you to use a form that is promulgated by the South Carolina Real Estate Commission. The commission has the right to assign that job duty of creating that form to the Realtors Association, which they did. As I understand, it happened before I was on the commission. And there's a form, and I believe it is South Carolina Realtor Form 314. So you, that's the form you would use. That's the form you have to use. Can't make up your own form. So at the open meeting we had in June or July, I believe it was in July, when we were discussing this issue, it was suggested that what an agent might want to consider doing is on this form where it says written offer from blank buyer in the amount of blank for the property located at was presented to the seller on blank date, and this offer is being rejected without a counter. That perhaps a way of handling multiple offers would be written offer from multiple buyers or multiple or various buyers in the amount of and in the dollar sign area put the lowest offer and put that number and up so we could put written offer from various or multiple buyers in the amount of one hundred fifty thousand dollars and up for the property located and you list the property address um, and then you can and where it says was presented to seller on blank date you could actually put the date range and that would be the best way of doing it now i'm giving you this advice as a lawyer and not as the real estate commissioner so i don't know how the real estate commission would actually rule on it but based on that open hearing in july it seemed to be that that wasn't how a lot of people felt that was the, the safest way of doing it. So what you would do then is take that form and then you would email that. You email it to yourself and under the BCC, the blind carbon copy, is you copy all 29 agents and you say, in close, please find the offer rejection form. I think that would probably satisfy the rule. Um, I don't know. Courts never, we've never had a rule on that, but it certainly seems to meet the spirit of law without having to require you to do 29 individual offer rejection form. So I hope that helps, but do not forget, you do have an obligation to send out the offer rejection form, even on multiple offers. There's no exception for that. And no, you may not just send an email saying we're rejecting without a, a counter. You And there's a lot of agents doing that. You got to use this offer rejection form. So I hope that helps you. So again, that was Gary Pickering, an attorney down at Blair, Cato, Pickering, and Casterline down in Columbia. And a little background on Gary. He is uh, probably one of the most intelligent attorneys on the real estate code of laws that I've ever met. Um, he certainly knows his stuff. He does a lot of work with the commission. He knows what he's talking about. I think it was a great way for him to explain that form to us. And again, I have no preference. Now, if you want to continue to write multiple, multiple offer rejection forms, you do that. It's your business. Regarding licenses renewing this year, 630 of 2022, you are going to need your 10 hours of CE. They are required you are going to need to be fingerprinted again. That's the way it is. They started this last year with starting off all realtors, uh, all associated licensees in South Carolina, uh, getting fingerprints. And that's going to be every three renewals, you're going to have to get your fingerprints done. So this year is a fingerprint year. So background and fingerprints will be completed by Identigo. The cost is $51.75 when you set up your appointment. And they are located at... 30 Orchard Park Drive in Greenville. You must schedule an appointment online at sc.ibtfingerprint.com, sc.ibtfingerprint.com. Once you go to that particular URL or that website, you'll see it says for new appointments and you click that big schedule a new appointment button right there on the screen. It's gonna come up with another screen that looks like 
kind of like this. It's going to ask you where you're located in the state. It's going to pull up uh, Greenville Identico on Orchard Park, right there at Orchard Park in Haywood. And you just click in one of those little boxes to schedule your appointment. You want to make sure you get your appointments done as quickly as possible because you don't want to wait because you don't want to be one of the last ones in line, I promise. Um, if you need CE, uh, I know that Dan Bryant is uh, trying to get some in-house CE classes, but uh, if he's not able to do so, um, there the association's probably going to have some if you're one of those that likes to sit in a a classroom setting for your CE. But if you don't, if you just want to do it on your own leisure at your own time, uh, go to our website, cdanjoiner.com, click on careers up at the top. And on the drop down menu, you'll see SC real estate licensing courses and CE. If you go to that website, um, it's going to automatically bring you up and you'll see that continuing education broker and sales license. And if you click on, if you just scroll, you don't have to click. If you scroll down the screen, it's going to pull up this right here, South Carolina Continuing Ed Courses. Look at the price. They're 99 bucks. You get uh, all of your elective and your core hours in there. That one package even has the Code of Ethics through NAR uh, requirement. So maybe a good thing for you to check out. Do not wait. Don't do it. Don't wait to the last minute. All right, some hot buttons at the LLR. Here's one of the uh, top ones right here. Not having your brokerage relationship forms. Um, or you not providing that to somebody uh, when you have your first substantive contact. Um, you need to give them a, or a meaningful explanation. You got to provide them the form. Remember, you can't force them to sign. If they refuse to sign it, make sure you put a little note on it that says, I explained this to this person at this location on this date and this time, and they refuse to sign, and then keep that as part of your files. Offer rejection forms not being sent. We've already talked about that. So make sure if you're working with a seller and they reject offers that you send that form to one promulgated by the LLR. It's got the LLR uh, insignia or logo on it. Remember, you can't force a seller to sign. The commissioner does not even want you uh, drawing a line for sellers to sign. It is an affirmation that you presented the offer. Seller's disclosure is not being filled out right by the seller and the agent is aware about it. You need to disclose that. You need to make sure you need to help uh, make sure help yourself keep out of trouble, right? If you know they're filling it out wrong, if you know something else about the house and they didn't disclose it or whatever, you need to step in and say, hey, this needs to be corrected. This is I've got to make people aware and you want to protect yourself, Mr. Or Mrs. Seller. Make sure you disclose everything about the property that you know um, that's currently wrong. As well as if it's ever been damaged by smoke, fire, or water any time during their ownership. Okay, you got to disclose that. Broker supervision. These are for those uh, brokers that are not supervising their people. They're pushing things off to team leaders. Um, or their broker lives in another state. And so there's no supervision for the, for the licensees here in South Carolina. That's a broker hot button. Thank God we don't really have to deal with that at all. Um, consumer protection. Making sure that you're performing your duties of agency and protecting your clients, especially when it comes to confidentiality and things like that. And trust funds. And thank God we don't have to worry about that much anymore because we do no longer are holding earnest money. All right. So MLS rules and regulation. I want to bring this up because a lot of times when you list a property, some people aren't going to be able to show the house. They're not going to be able to, they're not going to be available. They got dogs, they're elderly, whatever the case may be. Sometimes you're going to have to have some block showings. 
And so um, here's the rule in, in the multiple listing service. Listing brokers shall not misrepresent the availability of access to show or inspect listed property. All listings must be available for showings upon MLS input. Okay, so if you list a house today, it's got to be ready as soon as you hit enter and as soon as it goes live to be ready for showing. If a seller requests additional time to prepare the house for showings, the listing agent may enter the listing with a TO status or temporarily off the market. No signs, including coming soon, may be placed or left on a property in TO status. None. So you got to remove those signs. At no time may the property be shown by any agent, including the listing agent. Yes, it may be your listing, but if you put it in TO status, you yourself cannot even show it. That is MLS rule section 2.10, the availability of listed property. Let me say who this is from. This is uh, directly from Joe Pitts of our Greenville MLS. Um, I wrote him regarding this particular uh, rule and asked him to give me some more instruction because it's if you read it just in its entirety, it can it, there's, it can be very vague. And so it doesn't talk about restricting showing times and things like that. But here's what, here's what Joe wrote back to me. It says, members can take a listing with restricted times of showing as well as advanced showing notice notification required. What they cannot do is block showings for an entire day. The listing should have feature ZD showing marked as restricted hours, and those hours a day should be stated in member remarks as well as on showing time, etc. And he continues on. He says, any day a listing cannot be shown and is blocked, the listing must be changed to TO status. Okay? So you can have restricted showing times, but if you're going to have an entire day blocked off, you got to put it to temporarily off the market. Now, here's, here's uh, uh, an example for you. All right, so... This actually just happened. We had a seller that couldn't show on certain certain times of the day because um, they were gone all day and they had animals. So on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we had to put in the MLS and in showing time that the house can only be shown between 5 and 7 p.m. But the seller was okay being uh, with showing from 9 to 7 p.m. on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, the days that she was off from work because, again, she had uh, some pets that she needed to take care of. So this was perfectly fine. This is perfectly legal according to that rule uh, and the remarks by Mr. Joe Pitts over at the MLS. So make sure this information is clearly marked in member remarks as well as on file with showing time. Now, some of the meat of this entire uh, sales meeting and, and even on this podcast is, uh, are you truly loving on your sphere of influence? And if you are, how? Or are you missing the boat big time? So... I came up with some seven key principles. Now, mind you, I'm not a genius. I'm not some smart guy that just makes everything up. I don't. But what I can, what I do is I find certain things and I will either add or take away or enhance them, improve them some sort of way that fits me and that I can share with you. So again, nothing is really brand new, right? It's just maybe a different way of looking at it. Okay, so seven key principles to make sure you love on your sphere and to get your sphere to love you back. So key principle number one, you do not need a ton of people in your sphere to generate opportunities. Studies have shown you have between 50 and 100 people in your sphere and you can make a really good living in real estate with 50 to 100 people because why it's the law of uh, multiplication, okay? Every person in your sphere knows one, two, three, or four more people, okay? So if you're loving on your sphere, they're going to then turn around and tell the people that they know, and it's just going to multiply that way. So don't think you need a ton of people in your sphere 
in order to generate opportunities. Don't think you need thousands of followers on Instagram or TikTok or Snapchat or Facebook or whatever. You don't need that. All you need, 50 to 100 people. Principle number two, spreading yourself too thin with your sphere will negatively affect your business and opportunities. Now, if you have 500, 600, 1,000 people in your sphere, you're going to be spreading yourself too thin because you still have to do your real estate work. You still have to go out on showings. You still have to do your uh, your paperwork. You still have to set up your showings. You still have to negotiate repairs. You still got to do all your regular work. And that's going to take away from staying in contact with your sphere. And that's where most agents have a difficult time. So if you spread yourself too thin, trying to get to too many people in your sphere, it's just not going to work. It's going to negatively affect your business and then you're not going to do it at all. And then it's not going to work for you whatsoever. So keep your sphere tight, 50 to 100 people, okay? And don't spread yourself too thin with it, okay? Don't try to make something that, or do something that you know you're not going to get done, okay? So just be careful of how you're doing it and do it right. Principle number three, as long as you talk life and not just real estate, you are not bothering your sphere of influence, okay? get a lot of agents thinking that they're bothering their sphere just by giving them a call. You're not going to bother somebody by showing that you value them, by showing that you care about them and their family. Talk about their life. Ask them questions about their family. Ask them how they're feeling. Uh, have you suffered any uh, sicknesses lately? Is, you know, how, how is everybody doing in your household? Is everybody healthy? How's your extended family? Talk life. Ask them about their career. Ask them about what they love to do um, in their off time. Ask them about their goals and dreams. Talk life, not just real estate when you're contacting your sphere. Principle number four, your sphere should know you are a realtor without you telling them you are a realtor. Plain and simple. They should automatically know or they should find out you're a realtor without you telling them you are a realtor. So how do we do this? Okay. Uh, first of all, A, in your social media feed. They should be seeing stuff about you being a realtor. They should know that. Okay. Um, the things that you send to them, you know, whether it be a, a, a newsletter or some sort of real estate advice or Tell, uh, talking about um, some crazy things that are happening in the market. But you don't always have to say, hey, did you know I'm a real estate agent? They should know you're a realtor without you physically having to tell them. So in your marketing and how you're doing things, let them, let them know without telling them. All right, principle number five, grab something from every conversation with your sphere in order to follow back up on the topic. Now, what do I mean by this? Whenever you're talking to your sphere of influence, you should pick up on something in that conversation. For example, if you ask a member of your sphere how their son is doing in their Little League baseball team, and all of a sudden the person says, yeah, he, he got his first home run, and it looks like, uh, looks like they're going to be going to the playoffs, or it looks like he's going to be getting picked for the All-Stars. Now, again, I'm just making this up. Write that kind of stuff down, because the next time you talk to this person, you need to ask, hey, how did little Johnny do? Did he make the All-Stars? You know, has he hit any more home runs? And, you know, just pick up on something in that conversation to follow back up on. I used the 
expression this morning or, or the example this morning, if you know you're calling somebody, you're calling a mom that's doing everything they possibly can, uh, preparing for their daughter's wedding in two weeks, pick up on that. One person even said in the sales meeting, well, obviously that mom is busy. Send them dinner. Just do something and then follow back up after the wedding and say, I'm sure that you're, you know, finally settling down. Now, how did the wedding go? Did everything go according to you? according to what you wanted it to do or according to how you planned it and how great was it? Was she surprised or whatever the case may be? Just make sure you follow up on something that you pick up in the conversation with your, with your sphere. Number six, this is huge. FaceTime, not FaceTime on iPhones, but quote unquote FaceTime with your sphere trumps all other methods of contact. You can send handwritten notes. You could send postcards. You can send, uh, Whatever you want in the mail, you can do little, um, you know, if you wanted to send the dog, a, uh, their dog, a, a chew toy or whatever, um, that's great. And that is wonderful stuff to do. But whenever you are able to get together with somebody and have FaceTime with them, for example, we always go to lunch, we always go to dinner, we go for coffee, we do this with all of our colleagues, with all of our um, people, a lot of times the friends that we work with or or other agents within other brokerages will meet them and just talk. Well, uh, try to do that, you know, two, three, four, five, six times a month with your sphere of influence. Invite your sphere to lunch or a cup of coffee. You know, get that personalized FaceTime. That is going to show them that you care. Invite your past clients out. You know, don't just contact them once a, a month with a, a newsletter, but actually invite them out and have some FaceTime. That is going to go further than you can possibly imagine. And principle number seven, birthdays and anniversaries, especially home anniversaries, are in fact a big deal. They are a big deal. When you remember these special days for your past clients, your sphere of influence, current clients, whatever the case may be, that is huge. Uh, Core has in uh, each uh, contacts database um, their birthday, their anniversary, and also their home anniversary. So if you're not using Core, that's just one way that you can use it to make your business soar through loving on your sphere of influence. So you never forget when people's birthdays are or when their home anniversary is. The virtual awards, February 22nd, the time is still to be announced. I believe we got all the recording done of it, but it is going to be on February 22nd. That is a Tuesday. And the awards banquet is going to be the night after on the 23rd at the Hyatt Regency, 220 North Main Street. That being said, on that same night, on the 23rd, uh, you know, we'll have some casino games. Uh, we're going to have some heavy hors d'oeuvres, some beer and wine. So we're going to have a great time on Wednesday, February 23rd in person. But remember, it is still a celebration for you. It's not just a game night. It is to celebrate you and your accomplishments and how you uh, won each, each of your awards. And we just want to congratulate you for doing such a great job. I want to thank you for listening today, and I want to thank you for watching if you were watching the video. Um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and I hope that something that you learned uh, or heard, I should say, something that you heard in either the podcast or the video um, was beneficial to you. I look forward to meeting with you guys again. I look forward to seeing each and every one of you out and about in the real estate world. And uh, again, just want to let you know how much I appreciate you. Take care. God bless.